caught me off guard on the quickie, but the goodie. Yeah. I'm sorry, like, uh, that would have been, it would have won a, a Grammy today, or a VMA today, because it's only 220. Wow, I didn't see that one coming, man. What, who was that? What was that? G-Love and the Special Sauce. And the Special Sauce. I had a feeling. Okay, yeah, I was in the... Uh, the name of the album is uh, Philadelphonic. All right. I don't know what that means, but it sounds hip and groovy. <laughs> that was like just one of those songs that came out in high school. I liked that time. We were fortunate to grow up again. I brought this up a long time before, especially uh, during our month where we covered Sublime all month. Uh, that was a wonderful experience. That, you know, we were around when the hip-hop and the rock and the surfer rock and everything kind of just, and the reggae just melded together, and it didn't matter if you had three white dudes from Long Beach melding those styles into one. You know, it wasn't appropriation or anything. It was just three guys being creative and using what they love to listen to and, you know, coming up with the sound. And then because of that, you ended up getting the, the G-Love and the Special Sauce, the Long Beach Dub All-Stars, you know, the, the, the surfer, rock, reggae, hip-hop fusion that we had in the 90s was such a wonderful, feel-good time. Yeah. Maybe we're probably gonna head into that because it always comes like, like a lot of that shit came from like Long Beach, California. A lot of it's based in poverty. You know, poverty, if you think about dumps, the lyrics, yeah. like I only have so much yeah. money to walk to the liquor store and buy a forty, and then smoke this blunt. <laughs> you know, and you're sm- when you're smoking blunts, it's not because you're rich. You're smoking blunts because you only have a shitty this shitty bag of weed, and you're gonna mix half of it with some tobacco and slow roast it so you can get high for a while. But it, you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah, it's a different high. Not a, it's not a rich man's. Uh, it's not the rich man's high, man. <laughs> No, rich men are, are using the glass pieces, you know? That's why uh, I think you're right. We're gonna we're heading in the downturn. I cannot like shake from it. that area, dude. Because look at San Francisco now. Man, we got to be coming up on some good tunes. Yeah, with hard times, you get good music. You get the creation of some good art. So, yeah, I kind of look forward to that. We Currently, it's really weird. We're in a depression. I just don't know when people are going to start realizing it. No, we're going to avoid it, dude. I can't. I think this is great. We're going to go into World War Three. That's right. We need, to t- we need to toughen up these young men. Good call. And uh, it's going to be good. So the young lads, they get Remember? tough. We get a little baby boom going on here. That'll be good for us as we get older, right? Well, you ever heard about Genghis Khan? Oh, I'm familiar with the Genghis Khan. Oh, yeah. Well, how, like, uh, after it was a short while, like, once, I mean, they were just pillaging villages, right? That's right. And uh, they would go, you know, they would give them the option, either join us or fight us. You know? And oh, it yeah. got to the point where nobody was fighting anymore. That's right. And and so he just had the theory, I think it was like every seven or eight, he would just force them to fight. Nice. Because he, he felt like his men were getting soft. All right. You know? And I think we're at that point where, like, we, we're getting soft. And we don't need this bullshit drone war. We need to send these men boots on the ground. Toughen these guys up. You know? Get rid of the... You know? Separate the wheat from the... From the chaff there, and, uh... All right. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's your... That's kind of your territory. We all know my territory. My territory is kind of, uh... I'm gonna read 
on the road by Jack Kerouac, and then I'm going to go out west and uh, find where the dope is and where the sunshine is and uh, play a little guitar. Yeah, see, that's the problem. We got too many f***ers like you. We need uh... a... <laughs> hey yeah! <laughs> we need to toughen this generation up. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Uh, too many... Too many whippersnappers like myself uh, taking advantage yeah. of the good times, not sacrificing enough, so that way we have better times. Because I hear, like, one of the biggest problems we have with, like, the policies we pass and everything we do, like, politically, is the, we have 50% or more of this country, they, they, they base everything on the fact that everybody's inherently good. You know, and, like, I don't know, man. You just, you don't realize, like, like, if you leave France alone, yeah, they're not going to attack us for 100 years, at least, you know? That's right. But there's countries, if we leave them alone, they're going to attack us, you know? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't uh, really think in those terms. I just always assumed we have this, like, super mighty force. we got the Air Force. We're flying these super jets. Uh, probably got lasers up on the moon there is my only uh, guess with the moon. And, you know, I think our confidence in our technology, though, will be our downfall. No you doubt know. about it, man. I, you you know, know, I definitely... Britain, had, Britain had a navy nobody could see. Right, and then what uh, happened? You, you fall victim to your own confidence. You know, you, your, your shipbuilders start building crappy boats that now they can't hold up as good during battles, and then you run into a Spanish armada where three boats take out half your fleet, and now you're, you're starting to slowly, you know, you open too many fronts and during a war, you lose your support. It's very easy to lose it quick, you know? Yeah, man, and, you know, you're kind of onto something, you know, like right now we got we got easy times for people, and so... It's easy for guys who don't have a manner in which to express their masculinity to truly express it. And so they end up just going off the rails, you know, in public situations. And Mike, you and I, we have expressed our displeasures over the course of the last couple of years here with the state of traffic and what we have to deal with on the roadway, traversing back and forth between our occupations and our home. And so I think you and I can both be a little sympathetic when once in a while a fella just happens to go a little bit crazy. Tonight, new harrowing footage of road rage and a close call that sent families at a parade in Portland running. Dashcam footage obtained by NBC affiliate KGW submitted by prosecutors as evidence in court, providing several views inside suspect Sidney Mecham's pickup truck. All right, so this is great. You're going to you're going to hear the <laughs> normally I would have not done this because it, you would think that this uh, video footage of this guy just experiencing insane road rage <laughs> and driving through a parade. You you know, I implore you go see the video of it because we are audio only. However, the audio of this, I feel like you can just picture yourself in the moment it's, in the guy's car. The <laughs> oh my God. In the video, you see Mecham frustrated, stuck in traffic <laughs> due to road closures clearing the way for Portland's Grand Floral Parade. His anger boiling over. They got it all blocked out. The White Center exit, the Convention Center exit, every motherfucking exit. You <laughs> 
So right now he's uh, honking his horn and flipping the bird to like an entire line of construction fellas, I can only imagine. <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> Metchum then plowing through traffic cones and blowing past crews blocking a highway exit ramp. He literally drives over like uh, an embankment with bushes. Oh, <laughs> like he drives right through, dude. Those guys go running out of the truck drivers <laughs> who park their fucking city trucks on the exit to block it. <laughs> oh, this is so good. <laughs> Bystanders sent running as the Chevy Avalanche lumbers onto the parade Bystanders. route. Yeah. Thankfully, pussies at the parade. Pussies at the parade. They're, they're going to interview one of the quote-unquote dads at this parade. Oh, <laughs> yeah. was injured. We would have been the first victim that he would have hit. Watching the parade that day with his family, a ref Muhammad Ali. Go, get him, get him. He took this video of the chaos unfolding before him. Is this guy going for a rampage? Is he going to be killing families, you know, at the parade? Or is he just angry at the blockage? Or he what's just going wants on? to go home. A police motorcycle and an unmarked police car unable to stop the vehicle as it exited the parade route. Sidney Mechum eventually parked his vehicle and was later arrested. Page 18, line 2, last name Mechum. Charged with 38 counts, including attempted assault and reckless endangerment. He has pleaded not guilty. Residents <laughs> in Portland still shaken by this close call. I know it's pretty scary. Um, it definitely makes me doubt uh, what we're going to be doing, you know, in the future. Are we going to be what? continuing? Attending these uh, parades and events in the city, Good. Stop or are the we parade. just Good. stay Stop home watching on TV? Yeah, if, unless it's Fourth of July, Memorial Day, or Veterans Day, no parade, please. Thank you. Stop them too. Stop the Thanksgiving. Stop all fucking parades, dude. The trip. Point out. I, we need these fucking I, roads to <laughs> fucking move. For some reason, for some god, I don't. Nobody knows why. You Democrats are in charge of all these cities, and you refuse. To expand roads and make it more easy to drive. Yes. Instead, you insist on bike lanes. Bike lanes. We're going to put stop signs and speed bumps. And, you know, we're only going to do three lanes on our highway. So it's like, why? You fuck. And then you're going to stop it for the Mexican parade, for Cinco de Mayo, for the gay parade, for the gay pride, for the gay business pride, for the black, for the black business. Every fucking week you guys are blocking goddamn exits you're closing roads for this construction and that construction dude you have to let people drive yes i you can't have to. Dude, I, I side I, with I, this guy i feel for oh, this man 100 so let him go let him go let him we go. gotta start but a go fund he was driving a, he was driving a chevy avalanche and he got so bad at the closures for a gay parade he drove right through it i'm guessing he was a uh, trump supporter so yeah probably, get probably that, mad probably get that juice deuce yeah. <laughs> He's getting the Tario treatment. There's no doubt. 22 years. Oh, man. I just, uh, uh, I felt like that one resonated with our hearts and our souls. You yes, know, I feel, you I, I I feel that guy. The things he was yelling in that video. I was like, dude, I, I just, I felt for it, man. You guys can't do it. I get to this point, man. I'm like almost a daily basis now. Where I'm, a, I'm over an hour in the car. I've been in the car for an hour, bumper to bumper. And I'm, I'm just like, dude. I just, I just want to get home. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? I get to that point where I'm like, I, I just want to get home. Yes. You know? Absolutely. I'm, I'm I actually I'm so frustrated. I'll be furious. there. <laughs> Dude, I'll be thinking in traffic all the time. 
a lot of my worst traffic is the getting out of Denver, and all I'm always thinking about sitting there, I'm like projecting my thoughts to the people in front of me, like, why don't you want to go home? That's what I don't get. Is your wife that ugly? Oh, Are your kids that oh, shitty? Yeah. Like, is your life really that horrible that you don't want to get home, so you're just you, going you, half the speed limit? You got in the car. You got a driver's license. You put the keys in the car. You, did you not want to drive? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what, what did you think you were going to have to do when you got in the fucking car and got on the highway? You didn't get in the car and get on the highway to watch YouTube videos. Dude, you got in the fucking car to drive. To fucking drive. Have, to have no drive. To have no fire. To have no momentum. Progression, man. We're supposed to be a progressive city, Denver. Where's uh, the progress? We're progressing nowhere. Not We're moving. not even moving. This. <laughs> uh, for 30 years. For 30 years, the Kennedy merged down to two la- to, from four lanes to three, and then there's traffic. From Harlem? <laughs> All the way to the fifty-seven ninety-four split on the south side. Why not just make it four fucking lanes? <laughs> it's crazy, man. I just been so. Uh, I I watched this clip and I thought, man, this poor guy. I I completely actually understand the boiling yeah. over of the rage. For me, I've had to go through wild levels of meditation and exercise and breathing and to like figure out, you know, methods to get through the traffic. That's how you have to do it. You got to go yeah. to classic music you know, or cl- I do classical music. I smoke a little bowl. I get I in my zone the and then I just kind of take, zone through. I just wait all day for that. I take a giant dab. Yeah, same here, man. I'm zoned out. Yeah. Dead, oh, listening yeah. to music. But even then, the problem is it's so long now. An hour in, the high has worn off. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm still 30 minutes from home. <laughs> Dude, the other day it was 18 miles, an hour and 27 minutes. Wow. That's insanity, yeah. man. No, we're under... T- Everybody was complaining because before they did this whole infrastructure improvement project, before that, everybody complained because you were averaging 18 miles per hour on the highway. <laughs> now you're averaging sub 10. Wow. All right. All they did was fucking stop the flow so that in two years, they're going to bring it back to 18. Everybody's going to be like, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Biodynamics, people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can thank that infrastructure bill. Oh, no. What was it? Uh, the... Green energy, no, I, I always forget This was Build Back Better. Oh, yeah. Inflation Reduction Act is what I'm always thinking oh, the about. Oh, Inflation Reduction yeah. Act, yeah. Oh, God, man, never have I felt like... You guys really tried to make this guy to be the villain. No, he was the victim. The villain was the assholes who blocked off all those exits for the fucking parade. Yes. Shrink your goddamn parade. How about this? How about... You guys have directed everybody onto the main streets via your fucking stop signs and speed bumps on every side street. So now your fucking stupid parade drives over those speed bumps on the side streets at five <laughs> miles per hour, and I continue to go home on Irving Park Road. How about we do that game? Oh, man. It's almost... Right? Yes. Yeah. It's... <laughs> you, should, you should be forced to put your fucking parade on the side street now, since we can't drive on it. This kind of goes back to how we love to start each month with a little tradition here on the Dude Man Podcast. We kind of look ahead as to, you know, towards what we're celebrating because every month now 
almost every single day within the month, we are celebrating some victimized culture, some group that must be remembered, or, you know, uh, an awareness, an advocacy, something. We got, I saw a thing because it's breast cancer month now, and they did a thing on GMA of men who get breast cancer. Okay, it's fantastic. I'm glad we're, we're covering all the grounds here. Yeah, we got f- in Chicago, too. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big deal over there in New York. Jesus. Oh, man. But we're going woke. Uh, and when you're going woke, you're going broke, right? I And I just, these cities, come on, man. You get the road rage because we're not putting these resources towards anything important. We're putting all these resources and f- funding towards shutting down our roadways so we could celebrate groups and victimize cultures and, and do this what month and that month. about the victims of your fucking traffic? That's, yeah, we're not doing yeah, anything to actually. Doing fucking so- Yes, Uh, all all the funding goes into the wrong places, and all of our energy is directed in the wrong places. Sometimes I do feel as if our government is, shockingly enough, lying to us or not giving us the full truth, maybe half-truth, partial truths. And if you think I'm lying, well, just kind of do a little digging over on the X, formerly known as Twitter, where Tucker Carlson has a gig happening and he did a little expose on none other than mike and i one of our favorite topics over the last few years saint george floyd and his poor tato we're, we're always thinking about tato never forget remember <laughs> say his name tato <laughs> uh tucker did a little expose on there's a court case going on in minnesota a woman is suing her boss it has actually nothing to do with George Floyd or Derek Chauvin, but within the documents in the case and within the deposition of one of the people involved in the lawsuit, she goes on to describe a conversation that she had with an, uh, the person who uh, performed the autopsy on George Floyd, and they had confided in her, and this is now, you could look it up, this is in court documents. This is what happened. She claims this person who performed the autopsy on George Floyd concluded that he did not die of asphyxiation or any kind of trauma to his neck. He, in fact, died of an overdose of natural causes, actually, uh, very closely linked to the fact that he was on a fatal amount of fentanyl. We have a no tuck rule on this show and we've abided by this rule many a times but once in a while he does put out some really quality information you know what i'm saying like he, he's got some uh maybe like almost journalistic kind of stuff you know and so i was really intrigued by it i have a two-parter i rarely do this mike uh, did you catch this segment on the x formerly known as twitter uh, i did it no i did it all right then i'm glad i did a two-parter because i thought you would want to hear not only tucker give the lowdown on what's happening we're gonna hear his guest and i think you're gonna love the guest so the case is not actually about george floyd or derek chauvin but it tells you an awful lot about both of them in her deposition which you should read 
Amy Sweezy describes a conversation that she had with the county medical examiner, Andrew Baker, right after George Floyd died. Quote, I called Dr. Baker early that morning to tell him about the case and to ask him if he would perform the autopsy on Mr. Floyd. Sweezy recalls all this under oath in the deposition. Quote, he called me later in the day on that Tuesday, and he told me that there were no medical findings that showed any injury to the vital structures of Mr. Floyd's neck. There were no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. Oh. In other words, George Floyd, according to the official autopsy, was not murdered. He died instead of what we used to call natural causes, which in his case would include decades of drug use, as well as the fatal concentration of fentanyl that was in his system on his final day. So this was not a killing. It was yet another narcotics OD in a country that courts more than 100,000 of them every year. The medical examiner clearly understood that and in fact articulated it. And Sweezy explains. He said to me, she recalls in the deposition, Amy, what happens when the actual evidence doesn't match up with the public narrative that everyone's already decided on? And then he said, quote, this is the kind of case that ends careers. And then we burned the cities to the ground, uh, man. We had the summer of love. Does uh, everybody remember the summer of love? My God, if this guy had just come forward, man. Damn it, if he had just come forward and said the truth. Think of the narrative uh, shift. Come on, man. Oh, I it's know, almost... Dude, just be a man and fucking tell the truth. Freaking devastating that like people were just cowards in 2020. 2020 was the year of the coward. Like, how many people died because of that? Like, honestly, think about that. That started this whole exodus of police. <laughs> you would have never had the Kyle Rittenhouse scenario Kyle unfold. Rittenhouse. It would have never happened. I mean, you really... You got... And people forget. We had uh, the Summer of Love, which included Chaz, where people were raped and murdered, and those mysteries will go on forever. And then you also had... This is what blows my mind. Nobody thinks about this or talks about it. Portland was under siege by Antifa for months, like 90 I days. Know. It was I an uh, nonstop assault on the communities there. Yeah, but did you see January 6th? <laughs> <laughs> you know what Portland didn't have, Frank? Alexandra Pelosi. <laughs> That's right, dude. She wasn't there to film it, so Tucker has a guest on. Uh, I'm Vince Everett J Jackson Johnson, I, I'm gonna get in trouble for the racism here, no doubt about it. I'm a bigot. Uh, have you? Are you familiar with this fella? No. Excellent. Well, he's going to describe the reality of George Floyd, and I feel like you and I have been trying to paint this picture, but we just don't have the right skin pigmentation to get the point <laughs> across. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So it's a little bit more powerful and a little more meaningful when a guy of this nature uh, pushes this concept and philosophy through. And so uh, this is this is the reality of George Floyd. This is the reality of the Democratic Party and why it's so um, you know unbelievable to people on the left that uh, the black community on some level would support Donald Trump. What do we do with the knowledge that George Floyd was not actually strangled to death by a cop? We have to acknowledge the people that gave it to us and why. See, George Floyd is the Democratic Party's prototypical black man. These are the black men they are trying to create. So George Floyd has to be elevated. He has to be celebrated. He's perfect to them. He was poor. 
He was uneducated. He was a drug addict. He didn't have a job. He was, he, he was uh, uh, down there begging and, and, and crying and asking the white people to not kill him. To a Democrat, to a white Democrat, this is the perfect black man. So he has to be elevated. Why? Because this is how they see black America. They see us the same way they see George Floyd. And they have to make more of us because everywhere they rule, you know, John F. Kennedy stood in front of the um, uh, Berlin Wall in the 60s and said, if you think that communism is great, let them come to Berlin. Well, if you think that the Democratic Party is great, let them come to Detroit. Let them come to Chicago. Let them come to St. Louis. Let them come to L.A., Portland, Seattle, Memphis. Anywhere where they rule, you will see George Floyd's all over the place. And they're proud of them. In Baltimore, Maryland, they spend $21,000 per child for, for, for every child up there in, in, inside the school district. Not one school is proficient in math, science, or reading. But they keep it going every year. Why? Because they're producing George Floyd. Yeah. Is this uh, the new black face of white supremacy? <laughs> That's right, dude. He works with Larry Elder. He's on his campaign. I don't even know this guy. Yeah, I was say, this guy sounds very white supremacist. But with a black tongue. I don't know. It's amazing he was able to articulate that with his KKK hood over his face. I couldn't <laughs> believe it, man. <laughs> uh, he's right, man. I, th I think that's why the Democrats are in trouble, because the black I think the black community is starting to realize that, you know, you guys aren't doing anything for them. Man, he threw You're some actually... major cities under the bus there, and he was speaking some serious truths right there. Uh, the Baltimore one was the major stinger in my book. Yeah. You're spending all that money, and yes, you have 0% on math and reading proficiency in your school system. Dude, yes, you want George Floyd's. They want dudes like George Floyd consuming fentanyl, Making counterfeit dollar bills to steal cigarettes from convenience stores. They, and they, for those that don't understand why, it's because then all I have to do is come in and say, I'm going to give you reparations. I'm going to give you checks, money. I'm going to give you money. And I, that's how you're going to vote for me. Yes. All of you are going to vote for me. That's what it is. You know, it's a terrible thing we did to the black community. It is not the slavery. It's after that. Like what we've done in the past 30 years. But we kept telling them, we're going to give you this. We're going to give you that. Just keep voting for us. You know, it's not your fault. It's our fault. So we're going to, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love this segment. It's really interesting to hear <clears throat> kind of a more conclusive, more realistic conclusion to the George Floyd saga, right? Yes, we all kind of knew he was high on fentanyl, probably had a heart attack. Uh, not only that, I've brought it up before, George Floyd, the only human being who died in 2020 with COVID but did not die of COVID. The only one. Like, everybody else who died died with covid died of covid except george floyd he died from guy, george chauvin guy doing 90 on a fucking motorcycle splatters against the cement barrier had covid every had COVID. death was recorded as covid <laughs> except george, george floyd. floyd he died of chauvin yes chauvin chauvin chauvin, <laughs> chauvin 19 chauvin 19 yes. you know what go ahead and lock up tau tau too never forget tau tau <laughs> 
That's oh, the worst man. part. I know. Got, Tau there's the like worst. five cops right now in prison for this guy. You know? One piece of shit drug addict died, and we decided to lock up five officers. All the cops. And then we, and then we walk around like, why are there no cops? What's going on here? Uh, dude, oh so man, stupid. the George Floyd saga is a grease stain on our society. It was literally biblical. You all fucking put his picture, you put a mural of him on a brick wall and lightning struck the brick wall. <laughs> no, <laughs> no conductor in that wall. Right? Wasn't like that wall was made out of metal. It had three quarter inch metal plate behind it. No, just a no. masonry wall. The lightning hit it. Folks, it's called divine intervention. This was <laughs> yeah. God uh, speaking His will upon the wall. You sh- you should not. Uh, what, what is the, what is that commandment? You just you shouldn't praise other lords or whatever. Right. Well, there's you, no other. There's you know, no other god. You know. You know, worshiping these false idols is something we've been doing quite a bit in the last few years. I have been hugely hung up on the fact that we raised Tony Fauci to the level of a deity where his word was the word of God and the word of health and the word of science, and we must all follow the science, right? That was kind of the world we lived in. And what's even funnier now is... We live in this weird place where if you're still following the COVID narrative, you're in the cult, man. Em and I, like, I, I went for a run this morning. I was cruising back. A neighbor well down the road, an older fella, cutting his grass, 80 degrees, gorgeous outside, beaming sunshine at a cloud, nor a chemtrail in the sky. I mean, it is just full-on sun. He's wearing a, an N95 mask cutting his grass. All right. Oh, go fuck yourself with that map, dude. And then we, I get back from the run, clean up. We hop in the car to go get some tacos for lunch. He's still out there raking the leaves with the mask on. And I said, look, that is the brainwashing, right? There's this little group of people. They're never going to change, man. They're, they're sucked into that world, into that belief system. It's a cult, man. They can't get out of it. No, they really can't. I even have this one, this one person that I know who still wears the mask, and I had to ask them, like, you know, why? Oh, because I'm immunocompromised. Of course, yeah, man. I go, oh no, shit. What do you have? Something that they were—I forgot what they said. Oh, it's—it's uh, it's, bo- it's called celiac disease. I, uh, <laughs> I get, I get quite it's gassy. Called, but, it's <laughs> called I'm a Democrat. Yeah, <laughs> Democrats but, uh, disease, man. <laughs> They, the guy said that he had it was something that he, he's had from birth, right? Oh yeah. And I I blew his mind because I literally blew his mind. He never thought about it, I guess, before. I said, "Did you wear the mask before COVID?" Wow. No. Then I mean, COVID's over. The emergency's over. No, it's not. It's, the virus is still out. It's like okay, so you're just one. They have you fooled into believing you're immunocompromised. <laughs> Because you never had to wear this mask before COVID. COVID was such a nothing disease. You know? 
Yes, it wasn't cool to be immunocompromised, and it shouldn't be anymore. I think we've gone past it. Like, uh, but dude, if you were immunocompromised you know, before and you didn't wear the mask, you I don't know, need to wear it now. So, COVID has, has changed nothing right, so there except was, your perception. But there was this moment during COVID, right? Those three months or whatever, we're like, oh, so-and-so is immunocompromised, and everyone, to be nice socially put on the stupid masks right but now now without a doubt and i've come across the scenario uh oh so x and y and z are immunocompromised and everyone just kind of goes oh and they kind of tilt their head to the side like oh it's, you know, okay yeah. very nice yeah no no masks so we're, not, stupid. we're not putting the masks it's out so no. we'll no, be sympathetic yourself, but no masks you yeah, and your it's, yeah, how it's many, all, it's how many guys are my wife's immunocompromised? No, that bitch is fat and lazy. Yeah, He's been, well. been staying at home for 10 years. Well, uh, you know, uh, what we need to just remember is that COVID's not over. Just take a look at the late night Jimmys. One of them is down and out for the count. <laughs> we talked about it earlier. Stephen Colbert sitting at home quarantining. What, I can only presume. I can only just presume that this man is taking the one treatment that we all know you should be taking when you get the COVID, Mike. You guessed it. That's right. The Paxlovid. Pfizer is setting a high price for a five-day course of the COVID drug Paxlovid. It's more than double the price that the U.S. government has previously paid. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. Yahoo Finance's Anjali Kamlani is here with the details. And to put this in perspective for us now, the U.S. government just said it was selling back or giving back these doses to Pfizer. So now we're learning what it's going to be charging for them. That's right, Julie. And to put this in perspective, also, there were estimates from analysts uh, earlier this week on what that potential price could be. And this falls under that uh, sort of high that they had been looking at more than 2000. So right now, the cost looking at 1390 per five day course. That is the list price. So the actual price. And what that out of pocket cost will be. Pfizer is saying that they're working with these insurance companies to this does reflect, like you said, a more than two. Can't I just uh, chew on my baby's diaper? Isn't that the same? How much do those Korean foreskins cost from Sandra Bullock? Can <laughs> I get a pack of those, maybe? <laughs> Increase from what the government $1, had. $1,300? <laughs> Where did this come from? Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> what do you got? Call, the... <laughs> Call back. Yeah, man. You got a little. Well, Chris Tucker, one of our favorite Tuckers in there. <laughs> I like it. Dude, Paxlovid, and I'm going to cut it there. They go on to talk about how uh, they're doing this essentially because Pfizer stock is down 31%. So, <laughs> no joke. No joke. This is a finance clip. <laughs> <laughs> they're just jacking the price up and making everyone pay for this shit. Dude. There was a huge population of Americans that supported you, Pfizer. You killed half of them with opium overdoses. <laughs> Than the other half with fucking COVID vaccines. <laughs> what I love about this is you're paying fifteen hundred bucks for a pack of five pills that are gonna give you this like diaper taste in your mouth. That's all you're getting, and then you get COVID again. No, you know what I love about this? I have spent zero dollars, never shoved one thing up my nose, and I have survived this entire. That's incredible, man. There was something up with those sticks; they were jamming in people's brains. Oh yeah, that's why they're driving slow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they zombify. Yeah, it was lobotomies. Thirteen hundred dollars. 
Come on, Who man. is taking the Paxlovid, dude? I gotta <laughs> know. Tag, There's no way. tax dollars pay for you to come up with this drug? I feel like I should get a little bit of a break here. I know. There's no way. I don't know anyone who's taking Paxlovid. I don't know a single yeah. person. Honestly. I, well, I know one guy, and he ended up having to leave where I work because he got so sick. He had to, like, go back home and recover. This is like a year ago. I never saw him again. Dude, I'm not joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm not joking. In my class, one guy he claimed he had COVID and missed oh, yeah. the class. Right, all but right. The next week, the next week that he, they didn't even let him come in. They just kicked him out of the. That's your <laughs> yeah, because you're a guy who tests for COVID. That's no. the <laughs> most major the red flag. As an employer, I'd rather hire someone with blue hair at that point. Oh, but I won't because I know you're gonna test for COVID. See what I'm saying? Like, if you got the blue hair, I know you're going to be a person who tests yourself for COVID. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah, right. If you're really, if you're looking to hire people, you, at this point, you would want to hire Republicans. Well, sick all the time. it's funny because I do think those on the side that create the most issues for employers, and I just mean people who are victimized or oppressed or constantly want to make a deal or an issue out of their employers victimizing or oppressing them and putting it on social media and TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Like these these people who are obsessed with that kind of stuff, like they already make themselves physically obvious. There's I, At this point, if you're an employer, you must know I'm definitely not hiring this individual right here oh. because they're going to be a huge problem. It's like I worked at this place. I'm not going to name the name. <clears throat> but they, it was very obvious <laughs> that they, they really only hired, they, they didn't really hire a lot of black people. You sure, know? yeah, I can it see was, that. It, it, was, yeah, right. it was almost to the point where, like, it was too obvious. Like, it was too obvious. And uh, I remember the one guy saying, he said, the problem, he said, I have no, it's not that I don't like them. It's not, it's not that. The problem is, it's not that they're all bad. The problem is, everyone that is bad, they're going to come in, you're going to fire them, and then they're going to sue you for racism. And that's the problem. It's not yeah, that they're totally, all bad. Man. No, I... Look, it's I, that the one, like <laughs> listen. It's just like not all white people are bad, but there's a lot well, of white I, bad workers. Well, I was the going pro, to the, the difference is the bad white worker is just going to walk away when you fire. No, it's not so going to come back with a. Lawyer. I will actually go on board with what you're saying, but I will say it has nothing to do at this point with race or even really culture. I I think it's maybe this uh, generational thing. You know, Emma had to deal with a group of people who were being employed at a place where she took over management, and they were all pronoun folk, individuals who uh, danced on the they-them horizon, and they caused the most troubles and were the most threatening of lawsuits, and it was so delicate. So delicate. the dancing, the maneuvering to, you know, get rid of these individuals in order to avoid lawsuits and litigation and all this stuff. It was so insane to watch it unfold. It just makes you really realize, you know, you got to be super careful about who you're hiring now. 
You have to be well, dude, very particular about who you're, you know, renting your home to or renting an apartment to now. Because if if you don't discriminate almost on some level, even beyond race, even just like with the hair and the pronouns and all that stuff, if if you don't kind of pay attention to that, that could actually bite you in the ass in the long run. No, dude, I, I'm I'm being dead serious. The guy, like, he made a joke. We hit, that they because they hired two black guys, and he literally said, "He's like, those are the tokens." He had to. <laughs> yeah, well, we, no, I know you have these he, rules no, now. We have them in Colorado. Goes, I know it's this inclusivity dude, uh, nonsense. Absolutely, dude, dude. Both of those guys showed up late if they showed up at all. They were terrible employees, and then when they got fired, both of them sued the company there it is oh yeah and it was like holy shit you know what i mean it's like that just really i don't know it's, it's terrible a, no it's a new it's, age and what it does what it does is it really affects the the black people that are just trying to get a good job you know what i mean that don't want to sue i on i don't i really don't think it has anything to do with black or white or asian i actually believe this is well, a generational thing yeah but i'm telling you it's a generational thing and i you know why it's generational. here's the thing People don't realize that if you express yourself in a certain way now, it's going to have major repercussions in the professional world because employers aren't fucking around anymore. They've seen the outcomes and the consequences of employing the woke. And if yeah, you don't want the headache. If you think I'm kidding, then pay attention right now. Opposing rallies at Columbia, a die-in at Harvard. The latest protests are part of a long tradition of free speech on campus. We are alive. We are but some law students are now finding their words can affect their future. Law firm Winston and Straw announced they rescinded a job offer to a top NYU law student this month after blaming Israel for the violence on October 7th. And law firm Davis Polk pulled three more offered to Harvard students. For You're trying a to be statement. a lawyer and you don't like the Jews? <laughs> <laughs> Might be time for a career change, kid. <laughs> and don't go to Hollywood. I'm just going to warn you. It's, it's like saying you're trying to win a Nobel Prize and you're not Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> These idiots. These... You got a better chance of dating one of their daughters. Jesus Christ. Fucking idiots, man. I can't believe this. Now, a tenured professor has written an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal entitled, Do Not Hire My Anti-Semitic Students. Free speech does not mean there's no consequences for free speech. Professor Stephen exactly. Solomon says he considers any justification of the Hamas attacks to be anti-Semitic hate speech. Remember when these same news people set. had no problem with uh, people going to MAGA rallies and That's then right. they get fired from work? Yes, they were all about it, in fact. Uh, doxing that. anybody who was a part of anything MAGA and calling all them out and exposing them. Yes, for sure, dude. But now you support real terrorists. And you get you get docs. Not like, even that. I, I, this we've talked about this a lot, and I'm not picking sides either way. But my whole deal is, it. I, I feel like this is on par with after 9/11, people standing around being like, you know, those 19 hijackers may have had a point. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
like you, you were gonna, you know what I'm saying? You would have been fucking murdered, man. Like, no, you don't just have some decency, have have some awareness, and just hold your controversial, retarded opinion oh. to yourself for a minute, dude. Or or you suffer know? the consequences. I think this is great. For too sure. long now, for too many sure. years, these fucking liberal f***ers from the colleges have been walking around the country, ridiculing, you know, yelling at us, proclaiming their moral superiority. Absolutely. And, yes. And now you're being held to the fire. Yes. There you go. There you go. You and just, I, I totally agree. You better stick by your fucking bullshit claims. This well, is no different than all of you people that were no, calling for sanctuary cities. Exactly. You know? No, you're right on the money. Yeah. Stand by what you said. If you said Stand it, by. then believe it. If you don't and, and believe it, And you're just it, a dumb kid, you know what? This is your first life lesson, kid. Stand by what you fucking... Mean what you fucking say. Believe in what you say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These oh. are people who are to be trained as lawyers. Um, they should not be going out as lawyers if they're advocating the murder and justifying the murder of innocent people. One Berkeley student group mentioned in the op-ed characterized the October 7th attacks as resistance to apartheid. In a statement <laughs> Excuse me if my heart doesn't break for some Berkeley students. <laughs> And that's a, also that's Getting another their jobs thing. revoked. <laughs> the cool. job offers revoked. You know what? I I hope these kids are sitting in their infinity pool at their mom and dad's <laughs> mansion villa in Beverly Hills, just weeping and you know, oh, woe is me. Yeah, <laughs> like, mom, dad, I can't believe they came. Maria, Maria, another. <laughs> That's, that's the helper. This yeah. is a bunch of another fucking mar- Sam. Margarita. These are a bunch of Sam Bankman Freeds. Yeah. Oh, future Sam Bankman. Yeah. Yes, they have yet to launder Sam money Bankman, through. Yeah, the, none of them have had orgies in the Bahamas yet and laundered money through Ukraine for Joe Biden's administration yet. They were yet. on their it's way. Coming, yeah. They were on their way. Next year, folks, we have another election coming, man. Real potential. Real potential. <laughs> the smear that wrongly conflates activism with anti-Semitism. Some students unaffiliated with the group say they are concerned about the precedent. I think regardless of which side you support, I don't know that professors should be encouraging it to uh, oh, dissuade you. What were it. you guys all saying about the MAGA supporters? Yes, man. It's, it's a t- now you're worried about precedent? It's incredible. So important. Professor Kenneth Stern runs Bard College's Center for the Study of Hate. It's just... Where were you assholes when we were trying to talk about, you know, the vaccines being bad for people or how the lockdowns, you know, were kind of, a you know, an overreach of the government and draconian? No, no, no. Our free speech was not allowed back then two years ago. That kind of free speech is not allowed. If you want to have this free speech to speak against the vaccines or the COVID lockdowns or whatever the government does when it comes to COVID, you are barred, you are banned, you're kicked off YouTube, you're kicked off all yeah, social media. Man. Man, but your virus was like killing grandma, dude. I'm just supporting. <laughs> I'm just supporting the Ill- innocent people in Palestine. But now, all of a sudden, <laughs> when it comes to supporting terrorists who are beheading children and raping women, well, we need some whoa, free speech, whoa, baby. Whoa, Frank, Frank, child. They only beheaded one child. <laughs> right, sorry. Just one Hillary Clinton. I love their defense of that. I know. It's so gross. These people are disgusting. It wasn't 40 children. And I'm all for, you know what? The free free speech in this country is supposed to mean, yes, you can support Hamas. You can publicly say what you want. But there is going to be backlash. Jackasses like ourselves can go on our little show and make fun of you. 
That's that, how it works. And people and people of real importance can refuse to hype. Yes, that's just how it works. It's the name of the game with oh. free speech. So congratulations. A little lesson in the that's, Constitution. That's why I suck my boss's dick every week. Because I know if I get fired from him, I'll never get another job with this podcast. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but we're going to continue forth. I think somebody else just opened that closet door. hey oh It's cracking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah! When you start drawing lines... If you suck dick for a just... job, that's not gay. Just so everybody's clear. All right, just... yeah. Man, doing what he's got to do. Leave it right there with that one. Permitted, <laughs> speech isn't. That's a horrible thing like, in society like in general. Game. And these are academic institutions. These are academic institutions. The whole point of an academic institution is not to be the State Department. Tonight, a debate over free speech and whether a student's public stance on a controversial topic should cripple a career before it even begins. Uh, yes. So this all made me think about the young fellow with the MAGA hat confronting the American Indian. And the Capitol oh, wow. Hills, Mr. Sandman. Does everybody remember Mr. Fucking Sandman? Forgot, yeah, man. well, wow. everybody forgets Nick Sandman. So Nick Sandman, a, a high schooler, wearing a MAGA hat, did nothing wrong, stood in oh, front of an American wow. Indian who was actually up in his face and was being in very rude face. to him, and it went all over the world, and the news media destroyed this kid, Burn him at Nick the stake, Sandman, for being a MAGA supporter, for wearing the hat. He had that smug look on That's his right. face. You remember that, hat. man? We oh, all f- how yeah. quickly we forget Nick Sandman. Well, that guy, Nick Sandman, the man, sued the shit out of CNN and New York Times and everybody else. Oh, and made a fortune. Yes, now. he made a fortune out of those people. And you know what? He didn't do the David Hogg where he exploited a tragedy and um, used it to his advantage so he could run for Congress in the future because that's how shitty of a human being David Hogg is. I he know. exploited the shooting to raise his own political life. I'm telling you right now. Fear David Hogg, folks. That piece of crap is going to ruin your life in 20 years, I promise. He wants to take away your right. I promise you that. But you know what we should be celebrating is Nick Sandman, who got screwed by the media. And in that tragedy, in the wake of that, he took his money and he just dipped out. Do you see anything with Nick Sandman? Is he making any Uh, videos? Is he making any waves? No. uh, He probably owns the newest uh, Epstein Island. No, Sandman Island. (laughs) Probably right. He's gonna entrap David Hogg there. I got you, Hogg. <laughs> and we all know it's tape. we know it's David Piglet. It ain't no Hogg. <laughs> I ain't no Hogg. <laughs> <laughs> we got the video footage, baby. Oh man. Well, uh, speaking of piglets and hogs sneaking into uh. weird, wild places and getting video. Uh, caught and all that nonsense, dude. I got a quick one. I want to toss it out there. I thought you'd be interested in it, and I think we got a little time. Uh, there's news on the NCAA and their inclusion of people like Leah Thomas into the action. I thought you'd be intrigued. Oh, no with an update on the fight over transgender athletes in women's sports. That's right, Tiff. New NCAA president, Charlie Baker, took his office this past March, and with it, many hoped the former Republican governor of Massachusetts would reverse whatever rule has allowed biological men to compete in women's sports and even change in their locker rooms. Baker, though, mostly danced around the issue yesterday when questioned at a Senate hearing by Josh Hawley. 
What I will say is we have very specific rules and standards around the safety and security of all our student athletes and anyone who hosts one of our national championships has to has to accept that they know what they are and then abide by them accordingly. But and and does that include female athletes having to share locker rooms with biological males not being warned or consent? Do they are they asked for their consent? I don't believe that um I don't believe that policy uh, would be the policy we would use today. Now, one person who apparently wasn't impressed with Baker's response was former NCAA swimmer Riley Gaines. Gaines had previously testified this past summer about not only having to compete against, but also change in the same locker room with a biological male in a tearful testimony. The athlete turned activist said on her podcast this week, quote, the guidelines he mentioned in this week's Senate Judiciary hearing are no less harmful to women, no less discriminatory to women than those in 2022. Without single-sex competition, there can be no equal athletic opportunity. I was talking about this with Emma today at lunch, and Emma's a huge fan of Riley Gaines and the fight against Leah Thomas and all the like. Uh, dudes, biological dudes who are massive, who are competing and dominating how, how against women? Side? How could that's what? How could uh. you support that side? And my thing with uh, Riley Gaines is here's a young woman out there uh, who stood by her beliefs, which is biological women should be competing against biological women. Yeah. How is that yeah. crazy? How do we have any division in our culture over that? How is it possible that anybody is against this? Uh, and maybe I'm mistaken. Turf? Are we talking turfs here? Do I know turf, the... Uh, could you uh, explain that one more time for me? I think oh, Frank, quarters. such a bigot. I know. What is it again for the turf? How hard could this be, Frank? It's, they made it so easy for Trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Come on! I literally just right? had an aneurysm hearing you say that. I mean, I, it was insane. I can't it's even... It's a term, T-E-R-F, trans-exclusionary radical feminist. They exclude trans and they're radical feminists. All right, yeah. I think it makes sense. I don't know. But either yeah. way, I'm under the impression that whatever this turf means, I think she's one of them. And uh, <laughs> it, it seems like a lot of women really back up this lady this gains lady. she we, we joke a lot about hog and whatnot running for congress i'd like to see this woman run for congress or for senate yes, i would like absolutely. to see some of this action some of this youth some of this fire going Somebody into who, who our had to live through the absurdity of left-wing policy. Yes, man we need some of this i need somebody who's an activist because they weren't uh you know, asked to do it the because they're forced is she's to do pretty it. Pretty attractive. So you see the picture of her next to the dude on the podium. You're like, all right, I can clearly see the difference between the man and the woman. Man. <laughs> Leah Thomas, huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I, I the reason I'm a huge fan is because Leah Thomas woke up a lot of people. To the absurdity of yeah, the plus, woke uh, The best part was he's like over six feet tall. Yes. He was walking around this locker room. He was a mammoth of a human being with this giant dong and package walking around these girls, and they were grossed out. They didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible what we're doing. I feel so bad for uh, 
Riley Gaines. I don't. I, I believe that, uh, you know, there's a reason and a purpose for, you know, a lot of people in this world. And, I you know, the more I'm introduced to this Riley Gaines and, and her agenda and what she's about right now, it does seem like she was a woman thrust into a world where she had this extreme uh, purpose to lead mm. people and, and to guide people down this pathway of, you know, we need to stop this absurdity now. This is bad for our culture. Yeah. You know, it, a lot of this Leah Thomas, the reason, this whole story why I've been so into it this whole couple of years is because this is what's wrong with our culture here in America right now. If we can identify this issue with the Leah Thomas, this dude beating a bunch of chicks and swimming, if we could stop that, we have some hope, folks. We have a chance. We could stop yeah, I, the uh, other bullshit. I go the opposite way because I see half the population who doesn't see the problem. Like we have so we have we have half the population sees a Chicago bike race for women, and at the podium is two men and a woman, and you're and nobody sees a problem with this. Like that's the scary part. I think it's you know. Yeah, man. Absolutely. What's scary is, is, is uh, you know, Bill Maher goes out there and him and him and Pelosi sit down and talk about how disgusting and reprehensible the 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 Republicans are. But at the same time, the Republicans are the one who are looking around. They're like, wait, why is this guy racing against chicks? You know, well, and they're like, look at your drag shows for kids. Yeah, but the left is just like, no, this is progressive. This is where we need to progress to. There's been so. video footage, and I saw Bill Maher talking about it on his, uh, you know, little podcast he does, where there's a grown man at a school meeting where he's reading a book that they're arguing over getting banned from the, you know, the library, and they keep asking him to stop reading the contents of the book because of how, you know, because of how graphic it is. And he's like, "But you know, we're roomful adults. You don't want us to read it, but you want our kids to have access to this. Like, do you see the hypocrisy and the insanity of your movement? Do you not see it?" Yeah, real truly. I love the question of when have we progressed enough. That's right, dude. Yeah. Like, like there's a re there's a reason why you get like you get older and you just become conservative because you look around and you kind of figure, oh, we kind of progressed to everything. I, you know what I mean. Now we need to conserve. We eventually you stop progressing and just conserve, right? Well, I think we might be there. We have to probably start conserving at this point. We've progressed to the point where we're just cutting checks. For everybody, for no reason, we got reparations everywhere, and uh, you know, universal basic income essentially that occurred over the pandemic, right? So maybe that's enough progression. Let's dial it back, do a little conservation. Uh, yeah, or you, would you progress to the point where you can't tell the boys from the girls? All right, let's <laughs> stop there. I think we progressed enough. Can we just conserve this the spot we're at? <laughs>